You're about to hear the Sunday Sermon from the Grapevine Church of Christ in Grapevine, Texas, a family who's devoted to giving our lives to and living our lives for Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about today's lesson, visit us on our website, www.grapevinechurch.com. Thanks for listening. You know, there was a lot of stories told, and I shared some of my stories and sent them to Scott, and, and hopefully they got to you about how I took Israel and how it helped me and how it influenced my faith. And Garden of Gethsemane would have been one of those important times where, you know, had, had there not been a lot of people around, and even these 15 people I was with from Grapevine Church that I did not really know, I would have been on flat on my face, crying, sobbing, and just having an experience of, of reenacting and remembering and taking in what that moment must have been like for Jesus. And I loved what Russell said about what we do in communion that, that sort of refreshes and redefines who, who we are. And that happened in, in, in Israel. So one of the stories that may not have uh, gotten told uh, to the congregation was... Uh, I'll try to remember you, okay? All of y'all that are way over here. Um, one of the stories that probably didn't get told on the way over, I don't know if you heard, but we were we ran in some rough weather and it was like riding a bronc, you know. If you've never done that, uh, you probably don't want to do that, but it's a, it was like riding a bronc in a rodeo. And I told one of the airline attendants as we boarded the airplane that I was a minister going to Israel with this church from Grapevine. And it got really bad. I mean, Justin was freaking out. I mean, he was almost crying, you know, so, so bad. And uh, so anyway, all of a sudden, that steward was, stewardess was at my, uh, uh, is attendant a better word? That's the word we use today, attendant, was at my seat. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and she was saying, uh, you know, you said you're a minister. Could you get up and do something? I mean, the whole plane was just freaking out. It was rough and throwing about, and we were dropping and you know all these things were happening I'm sure they didn't tell you this story and uh and so she goes you know I was just wondering could you do something to help calm the people you know and and I said well like like what you know I was a little bit frantic myself and and she said well I, I was hoping you would know you know and she said just do anything do something religious you know and so I I was like Okay, so I stood up and I, I addressed the most people that I could, and, 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 and I said, folks, folks, everything is going to be okay. And it didn't change anything. Everybody was still freaking out, you know, and so that wasn't religious enough. So, so I thought real quickly, and I thought, okay, I'll give it another shot. So I stood up, and I, you know, I sat down, and I stood back up, and I faced the, the people again, as many as possible, and I said, folks, I, I, I want you to calm yourselves and at this time we're going to take up a collection it'll it'll grow on you okay I, I usually don't tell a whole lot of jokes because I don't get jokes very well I'll, I'll laugh at a punchline because I don't want to be embarrassed that I didn't get the joke so I don't tell a lot of jokes but uh, that uh, and that that wasn't true. We didn't have a rough ride. It was all smooth, and I think we slept through most of it. But anyway, um, um, that was sort of the beginning. Not that story, but that trip was the beginning of my story with you, and and really in a in a kind of a mis 
mysterious sort of way that's that's uh, characteristic of Christianity. It, it's the beginning of of our story together because we we now have a story together. Uh, I watch uh, Justin's Facebook posts and he cries all the time about Oklahoma City Thunder and all this kind of stuff and you know and and I'm I'm picking on him this morning. Um, and, and so the, a story started together. I came back here early this year and, and did a seminar, uh, was part of a seminar, a training that Scott and several other ministers in the area went through and, again, solidified a good friendship. And I appreciate Scott and Shelly for their friendship, and they have put me up in their home a couple times now. And so it's been really, really good. And and just hearing the ongoing story of, of how you are trying to place yourselves in God's story. And, um, and this morning, really and truly, that's, that's what I want to talk about, is God's story in you. And when, when I say that, I want you to know two things. One is that I'm talking about you, yes, individually. God's story in you singularly okay for you english teachers you could help me out with this um because that is a, a way in which we tell god's story we do it individually um but there's a second way in which we we also have god's story in us god's story in you is a story that's plural as well and that's where we texans say <clears throat> and i just said it I, i'm not a Texan. i'm a californian and in Texas, okay, so anyway, uh, you know, after 30 some odd years, 30, 40 years now, uh, I guess I can say I'm, I've got a lot of Texan in me, but anyway, in Texas, we would say all y'all, and that's the meaning of you in the plural, is all you all, there is a God story being played out in your life. Now, I know this isn't new, and it's, and it's very familiar to us, but as I mentioned in class this morning, we forget. We tend to forget. You know, we, we go on Mount Carmel and we smash the, the, the altar with fire from God and we kill the Baal prophets and, and that's all in your Bible. Believe me, that's in your Bible. And, and, and then we walk away and, and somebody threatens us and we're scared and we're running for our life, you know. So, so to... to say that we have a story we need to be reminded that even though we're very familiar with that these days because lots has been said about it and a lot has been written about it we need to be reminded that that's very true of our lives god's story is in you god's story god wants to write his story in you and that is a very very crucial thing for you to get individually and as a congregation, you need to get that. I got on that years ago when, uh, uh, several years ago, uh, I, I accidentally showed up in Chicago for a workshop. And the workshop was Don Miller's storyline. And in that, that the ad that I read that, that told me about it, what I learned was that it was basically a um a spiritual growth seminar i don't know where i got that but that's what i thought it was and that it was about helping us tell our better story or what what i say today 
as a life coach, I, I talk about helping people, leaders, churches grow in their best life story, not to settle on something less than our best life story. So anyway, I accidentally ended up in Chicago because I misunderstood what the, the workshop was about. And so I got up there and, and quickly um, I, I learned differently. Now, one more thing. The night before I went up there, I sprained my ankle. I was doing a construction job and I was finishing it up. And, and before I knew it, it was dark and I was putting trash into the bin and uh, I stepped on something and I sprained my ankle, okay? Now, everybody that's had a sprained ankle, ankle, you know what that's like, right? It's like, ouch, ooh, ah. You know, and for a little while you can walk on it, right? But ankles, sprained ankles, one thing we know about them is that they get worse before they get better. And so here I am the next day going to Chicago. When I arrived in Chicago, what I also learned was that I was going to have to walk a lot because this city, I mean, I mean this uh, congregation, the facility, was, was a place that was sort of a city into itself. I mean, I mean, it took you an hour to walk across the campus. And, and, you know, if you got lost, I mean, if there wasn't somebody around, you were really lost. And so here I was in Chicago, and, and quickly I learned that this was a writer's conference. Now, I don't know how I missed that, but it was a writer's conference. And it also was for business people who were writing copy to advertise their, their business, and this was to help them to grow and how to, to tell a better story. And thankfully, thankfully to God, he redeemed that whole thing, and, and I did learn a whole lot because Don Miller's a Christian, and there was a lot of Christians there, Bob Goff and some other people, and, and so I learned some really good principles about how to, um, uh, how to tell a good story, to how to write a good story, how to be a better uh, person in my life in terms of the story that I thought God wanted me to, to follow. And so some years or sometime after that, as I, as I began to deal with story and really delve into it and the fact that it's usually not a very uh, creative process it's more uh, formatted and it's very predictable in terms of how good stories really get told so there's work involved in that it's not just a moment of creation uh, or inspiration but it's it's a lot of things that happen that you do that you work at and so when learning that I brought that home and began to really think about um, story. And so then I learned about this, this passage that I want you to read with me. Um, for, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and beginning in verse 1. Now, there's a lot that can be done with this chapter. Just understand that up front and I'm not going to exegete or exposit this whole chapter. There's a few things in here that, that are uh, stated that I want to focus on and keep the focus kind of narrow here. But I want you to hear this passage with me, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1-3, through 3, and let's just read it. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again, or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from, or from you? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everybody. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, 
written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the human heart. Let's pray together. Father, I want to ask you today, we beseech you today that we stand before you and your word right now, this passage that we've read, and this pervasive idea that's throughout Scripture, so that the life you've given us may be transformed into a letter, into a story that you want to write for the sake of your people and for the sake of all that will read you through us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. There's certainly a lot, as I said, that, that I could say this morning about this, this idea of us being a letter. I prefer the word story because any good letter is a story. You know, you don't write a letter home from, say, you're off to war and you write home to your loved one and you say, well, it's really hot over here and, and the food's cheap and, you know, you don't give facts like that. You tell the story of what's happening in your life. And so I prefer the word story, but letter works. And, and so in this passage, when I read it, I all of a sudden realized that what I had learned in Chicago about story writing and telling was really the heart and soul of what, what we're doing as Christian people who are called to allow our, let, our, our lives to be a letter and, or a story that God is writing. And that God is writing for the purpose that the world can look at your life and look at your life as a plural, as a congregation, and that they can see in that God's mission or God's story, God's will, however you want to say that, whatever resonates with you, um, so that God, the world can see what is going on. And so my first question is really, do you know your life is a story? And, and frankly, frankly, I think some Christians don't understand that. I mean, I, I just from lots of years of talking to people don't understand that God is wanting to write a story with your life that, that's out there, okay? And, and, and I don't know about you, you'll have to make that decision, but in fact, you are writing a story. All of our lives all are, are a narration of the choices that we've made, the people we've met, the folks that we've befriended, um, <clears throat> the, the experiences that we've had with Christian brothers and sisters and, and, and all kinds of things that I don't have time to go into today, our achievements that, that have occurred, all of those are, are things that, well, maybe we didn't write them down. Some of us are journalers, some of us are not, but we didn't write them down. But nevertheless, the story has been being written or scripted, as Don Miller would say. It's been scripted. And soon, uh, very, very soon, and I hate to remind you of this, you students who are here today, uh, but this applies to more than just students, but soon, you know, students will be going back to school, and especially college students who are going to be asking some of you, and they've probably already done this by now, but they've asked you to write a recommendation letter, uh, and how many of you have ever done that, written a recommendation letter for someone? Yeah, a lot, quite a few people, yeah. And so... They're going to be asking for that, or, or, or college graduates, or folks who are changing jobs will, will have that. And so what they do is they ask somebody who knows their life, and, and because they want a scholarship or they want that particular job, they have somebody who 
who um, knows their life. They've, they've watched their life and they know about who they are and how they act and what achievements they've made, what their character's like, if they have integrity, and all, all of those things. You know, I, I wouldn't want anyone other than that kind of person to write mine. And so you kind of get the idea that's, that's built into our life that, that whether we know it or not, at that moment at least, we know that we have written the story and we're depending on someone else to be able to take that and to convey that to somebody so we get the scholarship or the job or, or whatever it is that we're needing. And that's just kind of a simple illustration of that. Um, and maybe we don't think about it like that, but, but it's one of the reasons why I've loved ministry to people for years because people are stories. And most, and listen to me on this, people are stories. And when you ask the question, why should Christians be up into other people's lives and be open to that and be very willing to do that? Because people are stories, and for the most part, if we listen, and if we listen carefully, what we realize is that those stories are interesting and oftentimes instructive. And those stories are stories that, that give us inspiration even at times. Now, yeah, there's, there's the other kind, but those, those are the things that, that make people interesting to us because I, I truly believe there's, there's stories. And I very rarely sit down with somebody and, and thought, you know, hey, this is just, they don't have a story. Their life is going nowhere and that kind of thing. If we listen carefully, we learn even about the things that maybe aren't going well in their life, and that's a story to themselves. I'd love to tell you the story of Maria, who lives in Kentucky and is a, a wife and a, a Ph.D. scholar who teaches at, at a university in Kentucky, um, and how... I learned not only so much from her life about the church and what the church could be, but I also learned that her life story is a life of hospitality. Or I could tell you the story of when I went to Chicago and as I was explaining to the people that I had a sprained ankle and it was getting worse and that this big city that they wanted me to walk back and forth to to classes, it just wasn't going to work. And a lady, her name was Lori, a little tiny lady, steps up and she says, well, I'm going to the same workshop. She goes, I can help you. And her helpfulness in giving rides from the L to back to Chicago, uh, we were up in north, uh, the north suburb of, of Chicago, and so I rode the L back and forth from the church and, and to my, my uh, Airbnb place, and and uh, Lori gave me rides, and she brought food every day and, and, and all kinds of things, and she was an angel sent from God. And her story is a story of compassion. And especially her story in particular is a story of compassion on people who are, are hurting and people who are disenfranchised. And, and so those are stories that I could tell, but they're, they're too long. But I want you to see that, that life is that. It's telling, uh, we're writing a letter. God is helping us write a letter, a story out of our lives. And my question this morning is, what's the story that you're telling? What's the story that you're telling? And it's the one that you know in your heart of hearts 
See, I, I can't answer that because while I know Scott and Shelley and a few others around here, I don't really know everyone. But God does. And you do. And I'm asking you this morning to answer the question and don't give the I don't know answer. There's a lot of people that give the I don't know answer. What is the story that you're telling? What is the story that God is being allowed to write with your life? And fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you hear this, we're writing a story whether we want to or whether we don't want to, whether we're, it's going well or it's not going so well, or whether it's intentional or, or unintentional. And that's just a fact of life. You can't get away from that. And um, as you think about that very fact, the good news is that we have, we have, we're not asked to write our story simply by ourselves. And, and I just thrill with that because if I'm writing the story, it's going to be pretty selfish and it's going to be pretty Randy-centered. It's going to be a lot about you know, my dreams and ambitions that are you know, to serve my purposes and we, we know who we are. We know we're, we're struggling with sins. We're struggling with weaknesses. If you find a perfect person, then just run. Because, <laughs> you know, well, for two reasons. They're going to make your life miserable. And secondly, you're going to find out that they're not perfect, okay? And we know we're that way. We know we're that way. And so as we are, are, are doing this, the good news story is that we have help. And that brings us to our second point, and that is that I want to ask you another question, and that is where is the story, where is the Spirit of God in your story? Because that passage that we read together, 2 Corinthians 3, is one that says that it is the Holy Spirit of God who is writing the story on your life or with your life or through your life. Now, I think that's a dance. It's a collaboration. I think it's where we're given our free will and God is there working and willing for his good pleasure, Philippians 2 says. And so it's not something where we just get to write it alone. We wouldn't want to write it alone because it would have been an absurd story. And we would, you know, we, we just wouldn't have a very good story. But the Spirit of God is there to help us. And the question that, we ha that I have this morning for you, and I'm really into questions because me telling you all the information probably won't make a difference in your life. But if you're struggling with these questions, you may come to a point where some transformation and renewal is happening in your life and the story the question I want to ask you this morning is this are you welcoming the spirit to write in your story are you this morning we we had a class together and there was a lot of people in there about a thousand people in that class and we talked about some good information but you know, being in that class and listening to those words, and we read a little bit and I talked a lot, and a great discussion from those who did discuss, but being in that class this morning does not mean that you have opened your life to letting the Spirit of God ride on it. The fact that you're here this morning, I don't want to get crazy. You know, my, my preacher thing is coming, coming in here. The fact that you're here this morning has nothing whatsoever to do 
with whether or not you've opened your heart to let the Spirit of God come in and do His work? Are you letting the Spirit write on your heart and write the story of your life? And there's two parts of that really. Are you welcoming the Spirit to write your story? You know, and by reading, by listening, by conversation with Spirit-filled people who can help you see what's developing in your life. See, those are a few ways. There's many, many more. But, but those are a few ways. And secondly, there's the, the other part of that question is, where is the Spirit trying to write to make your story the one you know God is calling it to be? Is that a mouthful? Let me read that again. Where is the Spirit in your life trying to write to make your story the one you know God is calling it to be? And see, that gets real personal. We're, we're talking about now the personal part, the, the singular what is it that the Spirit of God is nudging you and calling you to give over to Him and let Him transform? And some of us, it may be anger if we take the list of the fruit of the Spirit and do the opposite list, which Paul does in Galatians 5. You know, which, which side of that list does your life look like? If the Spirit is writing on your, your life, then you're going to have uh, not just one or two of those things, but you're going to have the fruit Singular of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control being developed in your life. And so is that, that's, what, that's what's happening? You see, the Spirit, I know, I know as I'm standing here today, and I'm a human being in the image of God, and my calling is to be the most human, human, and best human, human I can be, and that's being conformed after the image of God's Son. I know that this congregation, just because you're a congregation of God's people, I know that the Spirit is tugging on your life to change something, to be transformed into the image of Christ, to let go of something, to stop something. If it's sin, to stop it, to repent of it. I don't know what it is, but I do know that those are, those are real. And it's going on for all of us. And the question is, where is the Spirit of God trying to do His work in your life, in my life? And are we allowing Him to do that? If we are, turn to another passage, and we're going to close with this. Turn to another passage. <clears throat> And it's the close of, of, of a great passage, and I'm just going to read a part of it. And, and, and it, it lends to the idea that, that we are ambassadors of Christ, that we are out in the world telling our story. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. This is verse 17, 517. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ, listen to this, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Listen to that. We are the story. We are the ambassadors. And it's not just about what we're saying. It's not what we go out and tell people. 
It's not what we put on our signs, and it's not the, the ads in the newspaper or what it, whatever it is we're using. It's not Facebook. It's not our website. It's our life. It's the incarnate uh, word of God and will of God in our lives that's crafting us and making us ambassadors who are out there, and we are committed to this message of reconciliation. And it's through us, through our lives. So the last question that I want us to ask, and this, this is a beautiful passage, and I encourage you to listen carefully, quietly, alone to that passage and hear what it says to your life. So the, the last thing that, that, that I think we need to ask is, as that passage suggests, what do others hear and see in your story? What are others seeing and hearing in your story? Now again, I, I don't know. But you do. What are others hearing and, and, and seeing in the story that you're living? That the Spirit of God is trying to write with your life. And there may be a hitch in that you have not appreciated that the Spirit is working on an area of your life or in your life at all to write so that people can read it. See, you're the big sign out front, not that Church of Christ sound. Uh, sign you're the big sign that the world's reading any copy that you put out that says about who what, what you are and who you are you're the copy that the world is reading you're the copy what are people saying about that and is your story one through which people can see and know jesus and his mission of reconciliation or his ministry of bringing this world back together? Would people be able to look at your life individually and say, eh, that kind of looks like what I've always heard about Jesus? And then secondly, a bit a, a, a equally important question is, is someone, uh, if someone were to write a recommendation for you, a letter or a story for your life, and listen to me careful on this, would it reflect well on the story of God that he's trying to tell through this church? Would your story individually reflect well on the story that God is trying to tell through this church of who he is and what he's done for us through Jesus and what is to happen in the world, that we're stewards of this world and that a, that a new heavens and new earth is is being created and is on its way. Jesus is making all things new. Is that what people would see in your life or would they see something else? Would they see something that sort of makes them wonder why would anyone go to that church? I, I, you know, I'm just trying to be honest. That's a hard question. But it's one that all churches need to be asking and and individuals who attend those churches would your life reflect well the story of jesus for this church or would people wonder why do those people let that that person even go to that church now i'm not talking about perfection i'm talking about faithfulness and a walk in the same direction of growing and becoming like jesus 
And see, those questions are questions that I want to leave with you today to let you simmer on and ask regarding, uh, regarding your life. God, God's story is in you. Maybe better, God's story wants to be lived out in you. You've been listening to Grapevine Church of Christ. Subscribe to the sermon podcast and to our other Grapevine Church podcast to hear special behind-the-scenes content. For more information, visit our website, www.grapevinechurch.com.